This is ESPN Radio. Breaking news on this NBA trade deadline day. A monster deal shakes up the Eastern Conference. The Nets traded James Harden to the 76ers for Ben Simmons. As soon as James Harden decided he was going into Houston Harden mode, the Nets had no choice. But it really came down to what the asking price was. How in God's name could you give up Ben Simmons to a team within your division who is already better in most people's eyes than you to begin with? This is ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and ESPN+. Plus. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Chris Canty. You can tweet to us at ChrisCanty99, at AmberW790. You can also join the conversation on the Canty call-in line, one say espn That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and plenty more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So you heard it there on the rejoin. James Harden has forced his way out successfully. Another trade for Harden. (laughs) He is now a Philadelphia 76er, Chris. And this is the third trade for James Harden in his prime. That dude is only 32 years old, traded from the Thunder, traded from the Rockets, and of course now traded from Brooklyn. That is unbelievably unusual for a guy who is a former MVP, one of the very best players in the entire NBA and continues to get traded. Obviously him wanting to be traded though. So he is controlling his own destiny there. So now he ends up with the 76ers. But what's interesting to me, Chris, about this is I understood why James Harden wanted out of Houston. I was an advocate of all of that nonsense. Even the fat suit. Fine. Do your thing. You end up where you want to go. Retain the power as the player. Fine. Force your way into wherever you want to be, right? They work in a very unusual profession. You know all about that, Chris. You're subject to contracts. You don't get to choose where you work necessarily, which is quite different from the majority of us who work in other fields. So fine. I understand wanting to be somewhere else, wanting to work somewhere else, wanting to live somewhere else. And I certainly understood it in Houston because you didn't have the pieces around you. He wasn't winning anything in Houston by the end of his tenure there. What is so interesting to me about this though, is 13 months later with two of the best players in the NBA, certainly one of them, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to give Kyrie that kind of respect, but you know what I mean? A couple of, of the best guys, you can argue two top 10 players in the NBA. NBA fine they're there in Brooklyn and you still want out how bad must things have been in that locker room well it's clearly a chemistry issue and there's friction between James Harden and Kyrie Irving and it was interesting because we had Jay Williams on the show last week and one of the things that Jay noted was in one of the sound bites from Kyrie Irving he said and a few times that I've talked to James it seems like we're on the same page in terms of our overall commitment to the agenda of trying to compete and win a championship. And Jay Williams pointed out immediately, he said, the few times you've talked to him, this is supposed to be one of the three key guys that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be leaning on in order to win a championship. So the fact that you don't have a better rapport, a better relationship with James Harden speaks volumes as to the chemistry or lack thereof on that team. And Mike Golick Jr. said it best on his show. He said, trust is gained in ounces and lost in buckets. And I think we saw the erosion of the trust between James Harden and Kyrie Irving over the course of the last year or so. Because keeping in mind, Kyrie going AWOL last year and then Kyrie not getting vaccinated and not being available for the home games this year, not playing for the first couple of months because the Brooklyn Nets took a hard stance in saying they didn't want a part-time player 
all of these things are 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 information or touch points that James Harden is using to make his decision on where he wants to be long term. And keep in mind, James Harden does have the option of becoming a free agent this offseason, signing a, a, a contract that would take him into his age 38 season and will pay him 200 plus million dollars. So all of those things are underlying factors into him wanting to make the decision to get out of Brooklyn because he's looking at the situation, he's understanding where Kyrie is at with it, and saying that this is not somebody that I can depend on in order to help me to win a championship. So I think that's the motivation for James Harden and wanting to get out of Brooklyn, but I think it speaks volumes as to the state of affairs with the Brooklyn Nets organization and exactly what they're going to get accomplished with this Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant era of Nets basketball. Yeah, we'll see if James Harden wants to be anywhere long-term. But like you said, he could have been a free agent this summer. So essentially, here, the Nets are getting rid of a guy who they were going to lose anyways. And in yes. return, getting Ben Simmons, in addition to Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and the draft picks. Uh, but the cornerstone of that, of course, being Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is still a really young player. My concern there, Chris, and I understand there's a lot of people who tell you, well, Ben Simmons fits in better than a James Harden. And of course, he fits in now better than a James Harden because goodness knows a happy Ben Simmons who's actually on the court, assuming that that's the point that we get to here, is better than a disgruntled James Harden who refuses essentially to play or maybe milks a, a strained hamstring a little bit longer than it needs to be milked, right? But with Ben Simmons, aside from how he fits in from a basketball perspective, the concern there is that Ben Simmons has his had his own issues in locker rooms. So now you're trading a dude in James Harden who gets immediately disgruntled by the situation with Kyrie, and and we know Kyrie. It's not just the vaccination stuff. I mean, Kyrie, there's always a lot of noise around Kyrie Irving, and he's a big personality, and he seems to uh, be that alpha dog in that locker room, even though KD is the much better player. What does that mean for a Ben Simmons coming in? Because I feel like that could spell trouble. If they get Ben Simmons and he is, you know, the second best defender in the entire league and he's happy out there and he's available even if he won't work on that shot, then this could be a really good fit. I just don't know if that's what they're getting. We haven't seen Simmons play basketball. Yeah, and that's the big question, Mark. That's what makes this a little bit of a risk from the Brooklyn Nets standpoint, but that's why I think it's a win for Daryl Morey because he took a player that wasn't going to play for him again and turned him into a former MVP in James Harden and a guy that he had a lot of success with down in Houston. But in looking at the Nets' angle of this, in in theory, it should fit a little bit better just because Ben Simmons is not a high-volume scorer. That's not what he does. He facilitates the offense. He's a guy that needs the ball in his hands. He sets things up. He sets other guys up. He gets them the ball in their spots. And then they do the heavy lifting when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. So I I think it's a good fit with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because those guys can score in bunches. And so we've seen with James Harden that he actually took a backseat to scoring because of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in his first full season with the Brooklyn Nets. His last year in Houston, his last full year in Houston, James Harden averaged 34 points a game. Last year with the Brooklyn Nets, he averaged 24 points a game. Now his assists were up, his rebounding was up, but I think that's attributed to James Harden accepting a different role. But James Harden is not going to be as willing to accept a different role if you've got a player in Kyrie Irving that you can't depend on, which is why I go back to James Harden wanting out of this situation just because he doesn't trust that the sacrifices that he's making from a personal standpoint are going to lead to the ultimate goal, which is winning a championship. But as far as Simmons' fit goes with Brooklyn, I think that that makes Brooklyn a much better defensive team. They've got a lot more versatility now with adding him and Andre Drummond, who can be a rim protector. Kevin Durant, we know he's a guy that can defend one through five as well. 
So Steve Nash is going to have a lot of options when it comes to the different lineups that he can roll out there and create some problems on the defensive side of the court for opposing teams. And that's not something that we could say with the big three initially in Brooklyn with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD. Simmons is definitely better constructed to take a backseat in terms of scoring than a James Harden. And a few days ago, Chris, I was against the that Brooklyn making this trade. I was against the Nets making this trade because I was just thinking Harden's the better player. Like, what mm. if you can make it work, make it work, you know? Yep. But it became so obvious here over the last couple of days that that wasn't going to happen. And even with this trip to Washington for the Nets, Harden refused to travel with the team. It appears KD did travel with the team. There wasn't going to be a conversation amongst those two teams even try to repair this before the trade deadline and maybe the Nets were in fact holding out hope that that would happen and maybe this that's one in part one of the reasons why this came down so late right before the deadline but it became obvious I think to everybody involved that this wasn't a relationship that was going to be repaired inside this locker room and even if James Harden is the better player maybe Ben Simmons is going to be the better fit for this team and I, I think people forget Chris Ben Simmons is only 25 years old so even though that we we're coming off of the playoffs from last season and and it's easy to pile on Ben Simmons and it's easy to pile on him about not working on the shot and everything else like you mentioned an elite elite defender in the league and you get that and you get a very young guy who you might be able to build around for the future who now you have under contract instead of a James Harden who it appeared was going to be leaving you anyways this summer the 76ers moved from 12 and 1 in odds to win an NBA title to 7-1, according to Caesar Sportsbook. Does this trade make the 76ers the favorite in the East? That's next on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. This is ESPN Radio. Does this trade make the 76ers the favorite in the East? This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. So, Chris, the 76ers, they moved from 12-1 and to 7-1 and to win the NBA title at Caesar Sportsbook. The Nets' odds didn't budge. They are still staying at 4-1. and one. The Nets are still the favorites then to win the NBA title, according to Caesars. The 76ers have moved from 5-1 to one to 3-1 to one to win the East. They're now tied with Milwaukee for the second shortest odds that is just behind the Nets. So in terms of the odds makers here, the Nets haven't changed position at all, swapping James Harden for Ben Simmons. I assume they're they're relying on the fact that Ben Simmons would be able to play, and, and maybe he's a better fit for that Nets team overall. But it's interesting to me how much the line has moved then for the 76ers. What does this indicate to you? Well, to me, it sounds like a bunch of a bunch of ifs with the Brooklyn Nets. It's almost like we're playing spades because you're saying if Kevin Durant comes back healthy and no ill effects from the knee sprain, if Kyrie Irving is able to be a full-time player. If Ben Simmons could get out of his head because of the change of scenery, then they're going to be up there amongst the favorites in the Eastern Conference and all the teams that are considered contenders to win it all. But with Philadelphia, I feel like there's more certainty in terms of knowing what to expect. You're talking about one of the best offensive players the game has seen in the last two decades in James Harden. The guy is a walking bucket, and now you get to put him and Joel Embiid in the pick and roll. Our very own Jay Williams said it's probably going to be the most deadly pick and roll that we've seen in the NBA since Stockton and Malone. That's how good they can be because you've got two guys that can shoot it from deep, but then you've got also two guys that can win in one-on-one situations. So there's an opportunity for this Philadelphia 76ers team to take a huge leap in offensive efficiency. Right now they're 14th, and I get it. They are losing Seth Curry, but you are getting the guy back 
that can score, you know, 30 points on any given night and also facilitate the greatness of guys like Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris as well. The fact that you were able to hang on to Tyrese Maxey, I thought was a huge win by Daryl Morey. So I'm bullish on the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a team under Doc Rivers. We know they're going to play good defense. They're top 10 in defensive efficiency. That part is not going to take a step back because they're going to be anchored by Joel Embiid and Matisse Thybul. The thing that I'm interested to see is how much of an impact can James Harden make on this offense? And knowing that this NBA, this modern-day NBA, is going to be led by pick-and-rolls, there, there, there probably is no better pick-and-roll than James Harden and Joel Embiid. So I think this is a team that's capable of beating any team in the Eastern Conference on any given night. And I'd be interested to see, I hope we're in store to see, an Eastern Conference Finals between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers because who wouldn't want to sign up for that, Amber? I would not as a Heat fan, but uh, oh, I digress. there you go. There so, you go. <laughs> so I, we were hearing that they were unwilling. I think we were hearing yesterday that the 76ers were unwilling to put Maxi in the deal. And I was thinking, okay, so are we in a position now with the 76ers where, because that asking price has reportedly been really high for Ben Simmons this whole time, and yet Ben Simmons isn't playing for them. He's not contributing to them. And I thought, so are you unwilling to give anything else up in addition to Ben Simmons because you're not going to get a deal done that way. Like, who's giving you James Harden for Ben Simmons and nothing else? And then they end up putting together this package with Curry and Drummond and the, and the picks, like you said, but they don't really amount to a whole lot of loss because, of yeah. course, in return, they're getting James Harden. The only thing I'll say about that, though, because, yes, that's my initial reaction when I look at this deal on its face, but I do think you could be a little bit questionable of the 76ers in this regard. James Harden had the opportunity to be a free agent this summer. We know he wanted to go play for Daryl Morey either way, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a world where we could have been living in where James Harden ends up on the 76ers this summer in free agency anyways. And then they could have traded away Ben Simmons for something else somewhere else. Instead, they go ahead and make this deal for a dude who arguably could have been on their team Anyway, so I would say maybe that would be the component of this that's a little questionable from the 76er side. Stephen A. Smith on First Take, of course, First Take's host, he actually thinks that this deal is quite questionable in regard to Daryl Morey and the 76ers. This could potentially, not definitively, but this could potentially go down as the worst day in the career of Daryl Morey. The worst day. Think about this for a second here. You gave up a shooter in Seth Curry. I hear that he can't guard and hurt a guy 27 on him in the playoffs. Stop it. The bottom line is he's one of the premier shooters in the game, okay? You think about him, he's gone. You gave up two first-round picks. How do you go from asking for first-round picks to giving up two of them? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. And so when I look at it from that perspective and whatever else they gave up, when you think about Ben Simmons and how he compliments KD and Kyrie, what he brings to the table in terms of his playmaking ability, his ball handling skills, his basketball IQ, and first First and most importantly, his defensive prowess. There's no question, along with Andre Drummond, a big body that Brooklyn desperately needed because we know they were a bit thin on their front line. You take all of those things into consideration, I don't think there's any doubt that Brooklyn benefits from this trade. I would say both teams benefit from this trade, but it's interesting that we're talking about two teams in the same conference making each other better. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to James Harden, yeah, the Philadelphia 76ers could have made a move later on this summer. They could have went after James Harden in free agency and not given up anything, but that will require them to trade Ben Simmons and to also potentially have to waive Tobias Harris and use the stretch provision. In this deal, you're now talking about them being able to keep Tobias Harris as a tertiary scorer 
along with Matisse Thibel, along with Tyrese Maxey. I think the only thing that the 76ers are missing is more perimeter shooting, but they'll find a way to be able to overcome that potentially on the buyout market. So I I can't agree with Stephen A. on this one. I I think that the Philadelphia 76ers made an incredible move today, and you allow yourself to take advantage of an all-time season that Joel Embiid is putting together for big men that have played for that franchise. So I'm excited about the potential that they have, and right now I've got to say that you're talking about them being one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference along with the Nets and along with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this move puts them head and shoulders above everybody else in the East, and you're talking about them being eye-to-eye with those other two teams. So this is going to be... Interesting to see what happens in the remainder of the season on the other side of the All-Star break because I think those three teams will be vying for the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. We will continue this conversation next with the man who told us this trade was going to happen in Brian Windhorst. But first, Chris Canty, tell us about Body Armor. Let Body Armor Light help you achieve your fitness goals this year. Body Armor Light is the low-calorie sports drink hydrating your active lifestyle. It has no artificial sweeteners, no sugar added, and only 20 calories per 16-ounce bottle. And comes in delicious flavors like peach mango, which is my personal favorite, tropical coconut, and strawberry lemonade. Body Armor Light, keeping you hydrated during your workouts and your busy day. From now until April 30th, buy $20 of any Body Armor product and earn $10 in fitness cash to select fitness retailers nationwide. Learn more at BACommitToFit.com. That's B-A-T-O-Fit.com. Breaking news on this NBA trade deadline day. How in God's name? It really came down to what the asking price was. Could you give up Ben Simmons? Of course, James Harden is the big winner. Ben Simmons is a big winner. To a team within your division. Now that's just stupid. This is ESPN Radio. Breaking news, a blockbuster trade. Guard James Harden gets what he wants, a trade to the 76ers. Point guard Ben Simmons gets what he wants as well, a one-way ticket out of Philadelphia. The Brooklyn Nets revolve around Kevin Durant. If he didn't want this move to happen, it wouldn't happen. This could potentially, not definitively, but this could potentially go down as the worst day in the career of Daryl Morgan. The worst day. There's a lot of buzz that Nets have won this trade and this and that. It's a cool lineup, but like one guy can't play home games yet. One guy hasn't played in how many months? We got an exciting NBA trade deadline. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. Did you know that you can listen to this show commercial-free? That's right. You can listen to all your favorite ESPN radio shows and much more without the ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. So we turn our attention to the guest line where we bring in our friend and ESPN NBA insider Brian Winhorse, of course, a host of the Hoop Collective podcast and Brian you predicted this trade so credit to you you were the one who certainly had it and was telling us it was going to go down but were you surprised that this deal got done without having to include Tyrese Maxey or Tobias Harris you know I think that's the way it was trending Um, you know only the parties involved know exactly when the terms were agreed to but you know I think it was trending in this direction for a little while I think the key was um, the the Nets had to get to a place where they realized that keeping James Harden was not an option. I think they knew what the trade that they could do was, and I don't think they really were excited about doing this trade because James Harden is the best player in this trade. He is an all-star, all-NBA, MVP player. 
and you are trading him to a team that you are now competing with to win the Eastern Conference. It is not something you want to do. And I think they, you know, hope that they wouldn't have to do it. And, you know, I think it, James made it clear he didn't want to be there and wasn't planning to stay there. And so they made the best deal that they could. And I think they made a good deal. They certainly made a much better deal than if they had to wait till the summer when they might even had to lose them for nothing. And, Wendy, you've been on top of it in terms of talking about the things that we were hearing coming out of both organizations this week, saying that they were all posturing and that there were going to be serious conversations today that could end up leading to this result. And now that we've seen the trade executed, when can we expect the star players in this trade to be with their new clubs respectively on the court? Well, I mean, I, I don't know what the situation with James Jones or James Harden's hamstring is. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he certainly didn't hurt his hamstring playing in that game in Sacramento last week because he barely lifted a finger. So, um, you know, I, I can't – it's not my leg, so I can't say, but I suspect that injury is not severe. So I would think that he would want to get going relatively quickly. Um, uh, as for Ben Simmons, uh, for, I was talking to somebody who recently watched him work out, and he said he's in great shape. He has worked hard to keep himself in great shape. I, w- I haven't heard directly, so I would speculate that it would be maybe after the All-Star break. You know, the All-Star break uh, is next week, um, and that would give him some time to ramp up and whatnot and have some practices. So that would be just a guess, but I don't know the answer, to be honest. It's amazing how quickly a hamstring can loosen up uh, from tightness when you like where you're playing. Uh, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorse on with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. So, Brian, you mentioned this is a good deal for Brooklyn. Do you think it's a good deal from the 76er side? Obviously, they get James Harden. But I mean from the aspect that it seems like Harden wanted to be there anyways. He would have been a free agent this summer. I know there's cap situations there, but it seems like maybe they could have gotten this done in free agency. Yeah, so I think, you know, Daryl Morey waited for six months for today. Uh, He batted away all of those, um, all the pressure on him. He batted away all of the offers. I mean, I can't even imagine how many different offers. Because I talked to teams who said, you know, we offered him literally every single uh, combination we could come up with. Um, You know, he, he was waiting to trade for a superstar. And so he got his guy. I mean, not only a superstar, but a superstar He's got incredible comfort with and knows how to build around. And he was able to do it without trading Maxi and Seibel, the two complementary pieces that he really wanted to keep. So I think uh, they're probably thrilled in Philadelphia. And assuming James Harden is going to turn it back on and play like he did earlier this season, because he was playing, he was all-star, he's named an all-star. He's playing all-star level earlier. Um, I think Philly got way better today. Um, I would say that I'm not so crazy about having to extend him uh, at $220 million till age 38, which is likely coming as part of this deal. That makes me uncomfortable. But the, the Sixers are trying to win for Joel Embiid, and they're trying to win like you know this year or next year or so, and so they went for it. And, yes, there were options out there to clear salary cap space to sign uh, James Harden. But if you'd have done that one, you might have had to use even more than you traded uh, today. And you would have lost a bite at the apple with James Harden this year. In my view, as each year passes, that contract and that player is going to get less and less valuable. So if you're going to give away all the stuff, you might as well have the player for as many opportunities at the postseason as you can. And that's why this deal made sense. And quite frankly, 
as long as James Harden didn't want to play for the Nets, the Nets had to do this deal. And that's why I was pretty sure it was going to happen. Not only because that was what I was being told, because when I looked at it, I felt that the two sides ultimately had no choice. They both had to do it. Talking with ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst on ESPN Radio. And Wendy, switching coasts, it was an ugly scene last night in Portland for my L.A. Lakers. And it's clear that LeBron James in the postgame was expecting that the organization would try to make inroads into making some moves that can improve the team within within the margins. But they don't make a trade at the deadline. And so now, where does this team go? And what kept them from potentially making a move before the 3 p.m. deadline? So, I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I know that they were you know, having discussions with the Knicks uh, last night uh, about a trade. Um, and I know that they had had some discussions with the Rockets. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to take a, 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 an informed guess as to what happened. Spending assets, which would have been Taylor Horton Tucker and maybe second-round picks or the, or the one first-round pick that they have to trade, spending those assets and maybe spending more money into the luxury tax, they're already paying you know, quite a bit of money in the luxury tax. For this roster, may not have been palatable for the, for, for the Lakers' ownership and front office. They may have said, uh, I'm not sure that we want to throw more after bad. Uh, and, I mean, they would never come out and say that, but uh, their actions are saying that, quite frankly. And, you know, in years past, because LeBron James has been on teams that have done – I mean, like, one year the Cavs did a 10-player trade. One year they did, like, a 9-player trade. Um, LeBron frequently will voice his displeasure with the roster, and his teams have basically reacted. Well, LeBron has – signed a long, you know, a contract extension. You know, if he had stuck with his original contract, he would have, you know, been able to, you know, potentially be a free agent this offseason. But he has extended his contract. He is locked into the Lakers. And so I wonder if, you know, their comfort level that he was not going to, you know, cause any issues and was happy being in Los Angeles, it made it easier for them to tell him no. One more for you here, Wendy, on the way out. Did the Milwaukee Bucks get better today in acquiring Serge Ibaka? You know, I think they really are. It really was an indication that they're worried about Brook Lopez. They're, they're still the favorites in the East, in my opinion. But Lopez has been out since the first week of the season with a back injury. They've said they hope he comes back, uh, but their defense isn't the same without that rim protector. And I, you know, this was not a great value trade for them. Dante DiVincenzo is a young wing player who defends. Everybody wants players like that. Um, and they traded him for a guy who's an older guy who's had his own injuries and is a free agent at the end of the year. But that was a move to give themselves insurance, to give themselves a chance to win the title. And so I get it. So I think the Bucks probably helped themselves get a little bit more stable and secure for this playoff run. Check out the Hoop Collective podcast. Brian Windhorst, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. So there is a little game on Sunday, Chris. We've been pretty hoops heavy so far, but let's talk some Super Bowl. Let's get back to it. Let's not let the NBA trade deadline completely steal the show. Matthew Stafford was the most intercepted quarterback. Joe Burrow was the most sacked. How is that going to play out on Sunday? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Dr. George F. Grant was not looking to make history when he invented the golf tee. The Harvard grad and prominent dentist was simply trying to make a hard game a little less frustrating for his golfing buddies in Boston. Before the team, golfers had to carry buckets of dirt from hole to hole and build small mounds to place their golf balls. 
you probably had no idea that his invention would change golf forever. ESPN Radio celebrates Black History Always. This is ESPN Radio. The second I was traded here and we got Von Miller, we get Odell, we get these unbelievable players. You know, the pressure for our team has been there all season from the outside. But from us, that stuff hasn't really bothered us, hasn't really crept in, you know, into our thought process at all. We just go out there and attack each day. So we get to Super Bowl talk in just a second. This is ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. But we were talking about the blockbuster trade that came down just before the NBA trade deadline. Of course, James Harden is now a 76er. Ben Simmons is now a Brooklyn Net. That's the key component of that trade. Wendell in California is giving us a call on the Canty call-in line at one 888 say espn That's 888-729-3776. So, Wendell, what do you have for us on that trade? Yeah, well, one thing about it, Harden is going to finally get a chance to win a championship. Brooklyn will fall into the Atlantic Ocean and probably drown now. <laughs> so, see, I'm a Laker fan, so I'm glad to see it happen. But- you're, you're glad to see it happen. Well, that's interesting. I, I mean, I'm surprised that it happened in this conference, I will say that since since Wendell was a Lakers fan, Chris, and I'm surprised that they didn't kind of make this move, ship him out west, if they were trying to make a trade. Because you could argue that in this scenario, I I don't know if Wendell's right. I think you could argue both teams got better. But to his point, I don't know what Brooklyn got in this trade. I, I do think now the 76ers, of course, have a much much better chance of winning an NBA title with a James Harden that's available than a Ben Simmons who was refusing to play for them. Yeah, but here's the other thing. We're trading James Harden somewhere else in the NBA. you got to have another partner to do the dance with. And Brian Windhorst did a great job of pointing out that if you're trading for James Harden, you're also trading for James Harden's desire to have a contract that's five years in the ballpark of $200-plus and that's going to take him into his age 38 season. And we're seeing now that those contracts with aging veteran players that were you know, MVP caliber or superstars aren't exactly hot commodities when they get on the back half of those deals. Look at what's happened with Russell Westbrook. That $47 million player out player option is an albatross around the Los Angeles Lakers neck. It wouldn't allow them to make a move at the deadline. So it's a situation where you have to know what you're in for. And I don't think that the, the market for James Harden was as robust as the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks may have tried to present. But I think they made the best deal under the circumstances because you're talking about two franchises that had players that didn't want to play for them anymore in Harden and Simmons. So before we move on from this topic, I'm going to take another caller because I know Evan is down in Miami, so you know I'm always giving love to the 305 down there and to my Miami Heat. Uh, I understand, Evan, you want to talk about how this trade impacts the rest of the East. Yep, yep. How you guys doing? Hope you're doing well. Amber, Michigan, 790 down here in Miami. But uh, the uh, all, all I got to say, and you'll know what I'm going to say, Heat and five. Have a nice day. Wow. Heat I five. love that. Yes, you know, Chris, here's the deal. The 76ers got better. The Nets got better. Heat and five. Yeah, but you don't believe that the Miami Heat are better than the Milwaukee Bucks. You don't believe that. You don't believe that they're better than the Brooklyn Nets if that I'm team sorry. is full strength. Have you don't believe it. Have you seen the NBA standings lately? Like, have you been looking at the Eastern yeah, Conference the NBA standings? Yeah, st- the NBA standings are all well, a- they're all well the and good. Bucks. And I get that Kyle Lowry has made a huge difference down there. But if we're being honest with ourselves, from a talent-based standpoint, those teams don't stack up. And we can't say that every single NBA team – takes the regular season seriously. They, they don't wait regular season wins the same as once they get into the playoffs. And so 
with a team like the Miami Heat that's led by Eric Spolster, you know they're going to play hard every single night. Jimmy Butler will not stand for anybody else doing anything other than that. So it's a little bit of a difference when we start talking about playoff-style basketball and that team having the talent to be able to make a deep run and potentially get to the NBA Finals. I get it. They did it a couple of years ago down in the bubble, but we saw the disparity when they went up against the team in the Los Angeles Lakers that had a little more firepower. Except for that Lakers team doesn't have any firepower now. Look at you now, whereas the Heat have continued to get better since that NBA title run. And by the way, I don't want to make this a Heat segment, but a lot of the wins this season have come without Lowry and come without Butler and come without their stars, and they've still been able to get it done. I digress. Let's go to Michael in Pennsylvania because he wants to talk about how Ben Simmons is going to handle the New York media. And I do think that now Ben Simmons finds himself in a much brighter stage. Mike, what do you make of that? New York hasn't had a championship in how long, Chris? It's been since Super Bowl 46, so 10 years. So if we're in a position, if the Mets are in a position to win a championship and Ben Simmons calls the state of New York, the city of New York a championship, how is his mentally unstable self going to handle that? Mike, I will tell you this. Nobody really cares about the Brooklyn Nets in New York City. Nobody. It's all about the Knicks, and I get it. The Nets are the sexy team, but that's more of a national media story than it is a local headline because right now in New York City, they're talking about why the New York Knicks didn't make more moves at the trade deadline. That's what they're talking about. The Ben Simmons news will get some conversation. It it will create a little bit of buzz, but not nearly as much buzz as the New York Knicks not doing anything and not trying to ship off you know, whatever players, whatever assets they have in order to improve their roster. They really wanted Jalen Brunson from the Dallas Mavericks, but that didn't materialize. Another deal that was floated out there was sending Alec Burks and Evan Fournier out to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook in that 2027 first-round pick that's top five protected. Those were the things that, that New York sports fans are talking about. So I think it's a pretty soft landing spot for Ben Simmons with the Brooklyn Nets, the, the, locally there's not going to be a whole lot of pressure, a whole lot of spotlight. Now, nationally, there'll be some attention once he gets on the court about how it fits, but I think the pressure would get ratcheted up for Ben Simmons once we get in the playoffs and everybody is watching those Brooklyn Nets games because right now I think he can fly under the radar because the local scene, they care about the New York Knicks a lot more than they care about the Brooklyn Nets. This is yeah, a it, different dynamic than Philadelphia. Yeah, it, well, in, in, in fairness – that Philadelphia market ain't easy either. I mean, let's not pretend. I mean, we spend a lot of well, time I'm saying, talking that's, about but that's the New York what I'm market. Saying, but, 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 but that's what I'm saying. I think Philadelphia is a lot tougher for Ben Simmons in the regular season than it's going to be for Ben Simmons with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, because it's Brooklyn and it ain't the New York Knicks. I mean, exactly. I, I agree with you wholly and completely, exactly. and I'm not even up there. I mean, you know, I hosted a TV show up there many years ago, but you know that market a lot better than I do. And that New York market, that is a Knicks market, period. And so you're right. He's probably in a pretty cushy situation as far as the media goes, even though that's a tough media up there. He's probably in a pretty cushy situation situated over there in Brooklyn, whereas in Philadelphia, we know all that noise that he just dealt with. Listen, it can't get any louder than all the noise that Ben Simmons has been dealing with and all the noise about not developing his shot and all the noise about passing up on the layups from the playoffs. It's not getting any louder than it's been. More of your calls on the Nets Sixers trade plus how our storylines are impacting our Super Bowl odds. That's next. This is ESPN Radio.